This week's episode of Jag Talk Podcast is sponsored by City Year, who helps students become who they'll be tomorrow. What are you capable of? You may just be one person, but you are one powerful person. You can impact the student's life and in the process, change yours. This is City Year, the place where you can be a difference. Visit cityyear.org. Apply today. Be a difference. You are watching a master at work. Coming to you live from Over the Hump and On the Bluff with the latest news, sports, entertainment, pop culture, and campus events. This is Jag Talk Podcast, powered by Southern University Office of Student Media. And we are back with another episode of Jag Talk Podcast. It's your host, DB, your MC everything on the mainstream. I am joined by two amazing women in the SUBR community. I'm joined by Dr. Christy Harrison, um, Garrison Harrison, Assistant Professor of History and Women, Gender, Sexuality. Research areas include the 20th Century Civil Rights Movement, Black Women Studies, uh, Black Women in the 19th Century Europe, and Matriarchal Oppression. Did I forget anything? I want to make sure I got everything. You did not. All right, cool. I'm also joined by Ms. Leilani Robinson, a third-year grad student, a Master's in Social Science and a Concentration in History and Sociology. Ladies, how are y'all doing today? Good, how are you? Doing well, I'm doing well. Doing pretty good. So, today, we are going to have the topic of everything grad school related. <laughs> so, we want to pick y'all brains, get y'all point of view, see what the experience really is for the undergrad students who don't really know. Okay. And we just want to paint a picture for them, you know? Okay. All right, so let's start. So, my first question is, what don't normal students who are well, undergrad students what are some of the things they don't know and quite recognize about the graduate experience? We're going to start with Dr. Harrison, and then Leilani, you go next, okay? Okay. Okay, so I think, and um, it's it, it sounds cliche, and cliches are true, so are some stereotypes. What most undergraduate students do not realize is that they deserve it. Mm-hmm. They are intellectually capable. It is accessible because graduate school is by the nature of the, the program. It is where you are pursuing a degree that enhances your expertise. It builds upon your core knowledge. It's where you demonstrate an aptitude for research beyond above and beyond your undergraduate experience. So that seems daunting. And what I want students to realize is that if graduate school is the goal, the desire, then they should begin preparing for that at the undergraduate level. So step one is deserving, is understanding that you inherently deserve to extend your area of study if that's your desire. The second step is finding out what your program requires and then seeking out the criteria and then making sure you meet that at the undergraduate level. So I'll stop there and toss yeah, it to Ms. Robbins. Can you repeat your question again? So basically, like, what are just some of the things the undergrad students may not understand about the graduate experience? I know this might seem redundant, right? But I don't think they understand how much reading goes into it. You're not just getting like maybe one or two, three page articles. You're getting whole books that you're supposed to read. And it's not just for one class. It's like three classes. So you have a 300 page book. But these are for three classes and they expect a five page reading paper, not reading paper, but a, a written paper. And a lot of people aren't ready or undergrad students don't are not able to comprehend that because at some schools they're just not 
I don't want to say taught, but they're just not ready for that level of work. So they come in thinking that undergrad experience is going to be just like the graduate experience. They think it's going to be 2.0. And then they get here and they don't realize it's quality over quantity now. And so that's where they end up failing and sometimes drop out of these programs uh, as a grad student. Uh, my first semester was extremely hard because it's adjusting. Like I said, it's not it is quality over quantity and not quantity no more. Your your professors are now looking and nitpicking even harder than they did before because now you're in a research area. You know what you're they know what they're looking for as well, too. So it's no longer broad. It's very, very specific. So, for example, I'm with the master's of social science, right? If I'm in history, they're looking for specifically historical analysis. Or if I'm in sociology, they are looking for sociological theory and how I'm applying this theory into everyday lifestyle or into my into my readings and how I'm able to articulate these things. And so um, if you don't have the basis of applying these things, it's going to be extremely hard for you, regardless of what field it could be in kinesiology or it could be in art. So to your point, that speaks back to preparation. So many students, it's been my experience on all sides of the table, undergraduate, graduate student, um, adjunct lecturer, assistant professor, researcher, et cetera, wait, waitress, whatever. Um, that that lack of preparation, part of it stems from lack of access. And that goes back to the original point of understanding that you deserve to be in that space. So sometimes it is lack of preparation a lot of times. But okay, let's dig a little bit deeper. Sometimes it is the um, lack of confidence and that when you encounter this difficulty that you don't have the preparation or the grounding in the area that you selected. Some of it dates back to you not doing your research. Some of it dates to you selected a career without understanding what would be required of you. And it, it's, not, um, it's not a fault or a flaw, but you have not yet built up that network or that support system or have the, the aptitude to, to weather the knockdown, the the failing, the do, not doing well. And so some of the, the criteria for success in graduate school is understanding the, the invisible, the nuance, and that is how do I prepare? How do I strengthen my weaknesses? How do I develop the skill set that I learned I don't have? Because they do approach it, and that's an excellent point, as if it'll be undergraduate 2.0, especially if undergraduate went particularly well. So when they encounter the difficulty, they think uh, students tend to think it's a fault within as opposed to it's supposed to be difficult. That is how you excel. You master the thing. It's called a master's degree. It's not a because I enrolled, I deserve it degree. Right. So that speaks a lot to the like student perspective, which I think is important. I also want to touch on like the professional like perspective from your point of view. Right. So like there's a lot of horror, like, horror stories that go on about grad school. It's going to be like a lot, like a lot of which I spoke on too. But a lot of it, you know, it, it is like a lot of hyperbolized, like just horror stuff. What are some of the misconceptions that y'all have seen perpetuated by like, like just, of course, like no names or anything, but like what are some of the things y'all have seen perpetuated by professional staff that has made you think this is why students like feel the way they do about like the grad school experience? I think professor connections. Um, in undergrad, you might not get that professor connection when you have 
uh, when you're, you know, they're helping you do your homework. And what I mean by helping, if I give Dr. Harrison, who, you know, she's on my kitty committee for my thesis in undergrad, I, you know, she's helping me with my work. She's doing more detailed stuff. You know, they might not think that they're going to have those same connections when you get to grad school. I'm mm -hmm. going to give you an example. I got my bachelor's at Alcor. We're a real small school. The faculty were very tight knit. Um, my first experience here, I didn't do well on an essay. I went to my advisor at the time and I got laughed at my face. They said that you should have been prepared for this when you got into grad school. But if I was if I was so prepared for this, then what was the point of getting a master's? And so these horror stories are typically why, because they say it takes a village to raise a child, right? right. It's the same concept of a student. It takes a village, the college setting to get the student out. Like even though it is on the student, but also we as students don't have this knowledge that our professors have. Mm -hmm. that okay, so that part is true, right? I had a similar experience at the uh, doctoral level um, and that's again that speaks to the nuance it's not just the visible it's not just the tangible students who do well in graduate settings are mentored and groomed by professors because they have similar areas of research or similar um, areas in which they intend to specialize but that is you you achieve that and so that speaks again to this misconception that the graduate environment is there to nurture and support. It's not. It's for you to develop, identify, develop, and hone the area in which you intend to excel. And so some faculty handle that badly. That is without a doubt. Horror stories do abound. But on the other side of the table, um, faculty have just as many because the expectation that some, not all, some genuinely don't understand. And I, I it, it always, um, it, it upsets me beyond belief when I hear where faculty have treated students as if they were less than human because that's what you're doing. Even it's under the guise of you need to step up your professionalism, but that's not what you're doing. You, you anyway, that's not this thing and I'm not trying to go left on y'all. Oh, no, that's fine, right. no. Because yeah, yeah. mm -mm, I'm keeping it. my stage job and my stage <laughs> So what y'all not going to do is get in front of my pension. I feel you, right? I respect But I'm just saying like that, that when students come to me with these stories, I walk them through, but uh, also too, it's a little lesson in um, adulthood and real life. Mm -hmm. So at your job, when your boss comes at you sideways, you suck it up, you do what needs to be done, and you get to the next step to get your check. Right. But here in the academic setting, you treat this as a parent-child relationship, no matter what you do and how you do it, I should love you unconditionally. And that includes missing class, um, aborted assignments, incomplete assignments, um, not securing the bag in terms of getting the text or asking me how to get the text if you can't afford it. And you want to be walked through this because you consider graduate school an extension of undergraduate and that's not what this is. The relationships that you see between faculty and students, um, the mentoring piece, that was earned over submitted work, um, advice, expertise, internships, it was, it's a give and take between student and faculty. And every student is entitled to have that experience, but you have to put in the work and demonstrate that you're going to do whatever the area, social sciences, humanities, um, natural sciences, public administration, social work, social, whatever. You, you come in the door with this desire to expand to put expand upon what you bring to the table because that's what you did in your graduate application. You said, in effect, I bring this to the table. I bring this to the department. I bring this to the program. And then you get to the program and you 
again, you 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 regress. You wait to be fed, and that's when um, there's that disconnect because the faculty then say, "I don't I don't see where you're doing the work." And again, that in, in no way connects to your horror story because we all have them where somebody was out of pocket and. Um, you know, before I got on my path of righteousness, you know, my my responses were a little bit like a little bit different, you know, a little bit different before, <laughs> you know, I, I got I got right in, in my court. But the understanding was the same. OK, you came at me sideways, but I'm taking what I need from this to come back stronger, come back better, make the work tighter. Mm-hmm. Right. And then also recognize that that person is not attempting to connect with me. That person is, a come to connect, is attempting to share the information, give the information, and I have to make it do what it do. So I have to seek out what I need to excel. And that therein speaks to, again, that, that disconnect, that graduate school is there to serve you. It, it's not. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you are developing a skill set. And so when students come into the program, just for, I ask my undergraduate students, are you here for the degree or are you here for the education? Because some of you are here for the degree and I'm going to give you just for the degree teaching. But those of you who are here for the education, that's a whole different level of dialogue, discourse, critical analysis. And I'm going to come for you a little bit harder because I'm changing your perspective, your worldview, your way of life and your thinking. So for those of you who are here for the degree, here go your multiple choice, fill in the blank test. And you can go on and, you know, plagiarize from chatbot. Now, for those of you who are here for the education, we finna do something different and we gonna build that relationship and I'm gonna get you to the next level and you have to be okay with me hurting your feelings, not because I'm being aggressive, but because you're not producing your best work and you wanna be nurtured through that and that's not what this is if you are here to develop your specialization. So you let me know what it is and then we'll take it from there. I think that's a really good point. Like a lot of students, when you come to college anyway, when you look at the um, undergrad perspective of things, right? It's very much a not handheld process. You have a lot of people who are there to be like a resource to you to help you along the path, your advisors, other peers, you know? So you have And it's necessary and it's integral. And it's why I choose to be at a historically black college and university. Because my mission, my mission is for every little student and I'm saying little like I'm not five, one and a half, right? <laughs> but for every student that crosses my path, whether they are 15 and dual enrolled or they are a 50, 60-year-old veteran coming back to school, you need to understand that higher education is here for you and you deserve to be here. And if you did not get the tools that you needed in your secondary education, then you and I will work together. That's one. But over here, you have students who did not get what they needed and they find fault with the institution. Like students complain, what's wrong with Southern? And I said, no, what's wrong with Southern is S-O-U. <laughs> because you're telling me about this professor who came at you sideways. Inappropriate? Absolutely. But then I ask you, where are you on your assignments? I ask you, did you follow up? Did you go to the office? Did you take it to the chair? Did you? What are the steps that you took? I'm going to assist you. But I need you to know that you look real raggedy on paper. Right. Responsibility. So, right. And again, I'm not saying that folk ain't raggedy on both sides of the table. Right. What I'm saying is we're talking about adult accountability, owning your stuff. And on the undergraduate level, I'm here to help you do that because you may be in an environment that is new to you, foreign to you. And you do feel overwhelmed and you do feel like college is too much and you don't know how to handle that. Right. But when you get to the graduate level, 
you should be in a position to say, this is what's missing and this is what I need to do to step it up. Whether it's study at two in the morning, whether it's take an undergraduate class and tighten up my skill set, whether it's go to the writing lab, which is an insult to me because I think I'm a genius writer, but <laughs> go to the writing lab. I had my article sent back four times. I was really finna drive <laughs> to Tennessee to look the editor in the eye and be like, I wrote a 400 page dissertation and you telling me, but you know what? That's what I had to do and now I'm published. Right. So if that's what I got to do and I don't even um you know back when I again was not righteous and I rebelled against authority if I can follow this structure what makes you think you're gonna do it your way and it's gonna and it's gonna be excellent that's real I think it goes back to preparation because sometimes when we look at these undergrad you know you know you have certain colleges that just do undergrad programs but or you know colleges that do have master or PhD levels the undergrads are not prepared like even when you come in freshman year uh you're just and that goes back to high school education. You're just not prepared. So when you get to the grad level, you're lacking in certain skills. And I've seen it in my peers. Um, I've seen, especially like with your athletes that are coming in that might play football, or they may play softball, that, you know, they've gotten away with just skimming by. But in grad school, your classes are much smaller. I know my Dr. Harrison on a more personal level or Dr. Her Hernandez on a personal level because there's only five of us. So what you thought you was going to get by with with undergrad, you're not gonna get by with on the grad level because they know your handwriting. They know the way you talk in your papers or the way you write in your papers. So it's just not what you're doing. It's not excusable, but it's also people have a hard time asking for help. And that also carries on to the grad level because if you can't ask for help, then you're gonna be SOL'd. You're gonna be up the creek without a paddle, right? Because you don't have the necessary tools. I'll give you for for example, uh, I know I had a kid who had anxiety at one point, but until they told me they had anxiety, I didn't know. So they kept failing all these tests. Is it because they were not prepared or was it because they simply just had the test anxiety? And so when you come in and I've been able to student teach, so I see the students who are actually prepared. They come in, you know, they've read what they need to read. Um, and they don't have that much problems on the test, whether it be multiple choice or whether it be written. But the people who are not prepared, they have problems. And then this anxiety might rise or it might not rise. But for my people who actually do have this anxiety, you can tell. But until you tell me, I can't do anything for you. It's a, it's a like she said, it's a give and take type of relationship. Those are all really good points. I, and again, I think all that comes back down to personal responsibility. Um, Like all parties involved, I feel like, when you're in a college setting, we're all like adults here, you know? So I think it's a certain amount of responsibility we have to have for our education and like how we like operate in this like sphere, if that makes sense. Last question, I wanna know um, what, let's call it FAQs or tips, right? What are some of the things that y'all would give to not just like undergrad students in general, but students who may be in grad school already, who just are kind of having a hard shake of it. Y'all have touched on this kind of like uh, briefly throughout our different answers. But what are some like, let's say, top two tips y'all would give to like different undergrad students who may be in a similar position to what like what to what you've seen in the past? Go into a field that you actually like, because let me tell you, <laughs> no, like that's like that matters, right? That matters, and that you actually like, because I promise you, if I did not like reading, you could not catch me in a history field because I'm reading three to four hundred page books every week, and I see people who have struggled in classes because they just genuinely do not like to read, and they genuinely don't like the information, and so they're in their field, and you'll see some. Uh, sometimes it is uh, student coaches uh, or grad assistant coaches. Y'all have them, and they're just like, well. I'm just here because of the coaching experience. Well, so you're gonna that part. Yeah, you're gonna <laughs> feel <Flashback>. like 
Like you're literally going to fill out of this class and you're going to fill out of this. But, oh, it was just because they didn't have another program. Well, you can also look at an alternative route. So a lot of people want businesses, uh, not businesses, but they want to go into these sports fields. And I use a sports analogy a lot because it's a little bit more digestible to our audience. Um, So they're going to a sports field, but then they might want to be a coach or they might want to be an athletic trainer, but don't understand the business side to it they you know they know all the athletic stuff when things need to go uh how to heal somebody in a certain way how to get their students to carry over but what about bringing scholarships onto the table bringing grant money onto the table and so these are things that students don't think about there is more than just one way to get your master's or there's one there's more than one route doing the masters it's not just a traditional oh let me do this let me do that there are three there are always three or four different routes so it's also coming prepared and knowing what you want to do because let me tell you and dr harrison can tell you it is expensive do you know how much school is at southern university it is thirty thousand dollars for an out-of-state student and i'm out of state do you know how much i'm in debt i'm a hundred thousand dollars in debt but i'm a hundred thousand dollars in debt in something that i actually like and i can actually take on and i'm pretty sure dr harrison has a similar story as well too and most of your phd level people will tell you it's expensive. You might as well pay for something that you can carry on is actually going to give you opportunity. Tips FAQs, I'm, what you got? I'm sorry, I keep mentioning you, Doc, but you're just like right here. <laughs> <laughs> Those were um, excellent points. And yes, because I am not generational wealth, um, yes to taking on the debt. And that uh, it kind of kind of dovetails what you said and also speaks to when I speak to high school students and they're devastated because they didn't get into their dream school and I say no this again you're seeking a degree and a name and because you caught up and I'm gonna need you to get out of the internet streets and get off Beyonce's media and start (laughs) doing your real world real world research and it's applicable at the high school stage because there are other schools that may meet the criteria for what you're trying to accomplish are you seeking that school because of friends family legacy desire name reputation of what you think it may do but that school may not actually educate you and that degree may not fit you and that department especially if you're going to um um, like you said, I'm not going to say no names. Other schools, right? That department may not love you. You know what I'm saying? Like the prophet Snoop Dogg say, he, he don't love the. So you right here trying to get into a department that doesn't have a high rate of graduation rates for black students or black women or coming from public high schools. So if the department is not a fit for you, then the school is not a fit for you. I don't care what your cousin did, Demon Quantan Tavius. I'm dead. <laughs> <Right>. so, <laughs> we're back to this whole this whole research piece, right? So that's applicable at high school. It's applicable at undergrad. It's a applicable for students going into like you said it doesn't have to be a master's or a doctorate maybe you need a specialization maybe you just need certification find out if the department works at the school find out if the school works what's the rate of graduation what is the rate of attrition what is the affordability rate most master's degrees do not fully fund most doctoral degrees do but they do that based on your master's degree. So if it took you 100 years to complete it because it was expensive, did you select the right school? You're not going, you don't select master's programs based on the band and the football team. Or when I was in 10th grade, I was looking at pictures of drum majors to identify which, you see what I'm saying? You know, I was, because I had the expectation that I was going to college and that's a different environment. And so because I had that expectation in my home life, I didn't feel that same pressure. 
So if you are self-made, first-gen, self-funded, you need to approach it with the research, with the, do your research with the understanding. You need a program that's going to nurture you, empower you, provide you, connect you with internships, connect you to network with people in your field. And that may not be your dream school. That dream school may be a nightmare for you if you don't do that investigative reporting. When you talk, call chairs and say, hey, how many students do you have from my background and what's the success rate? And if homie can't answer you, that ain't for you, Slim. Now, the, the chair that can answer you, oh, well, we have students from Southwest Louisiana all the time, and we have students from Northwest New Mexico all the time, and they thrive here, and this is why. Then that's the place for you. And then you start matching affordability versus relocation versus housing versus what they tell you, how long it's going to take you to graduate. And then when you talk to the students, what do the students actually tell you how long it takes them to graduate? How long is it going to take you to find a committee? And these are not the questions that are discussed with undergraduate. It's typically, what do you want to go to graduate school for? What do you want to major in? And that is nowhere close to what the area needs to be. That's real. I, ultimately, ultimately, I think it just comes down to like being able to have conversations like with the different people in the field, understanding and being able to make an educated decision before you like go and like go full feet into any like given choice. We miss you. Definitely. Um, there's also scholarship money out there. A lot of people will tell you that there's not scholarship money out there, but there is scholarship money. Especially for like Black America, it's a plethora yeah, out there. Yeah, there's a plethora. <laughs> like and that's can... not just undergrad, but there's also... Come on, SAT word. <laughs> <laughs> but there's also scholarship money on the master's level. Not so much for social sciences, but definitely for your STEM programs. Definitely not for social science, yeah, and they, that's racist. Yeah, Come they don't really like us that much. We're the, we're the stepchild that nobody likes, but it's because we always keep it real, and people don't want what's real, and that's why they're pushing STEM, but without liberal arts and humanities, you'll never understand stand fully. Preach to the choir. Uh, <laughs> you, you better refute the 45th president. <laughs> but yeah, there is scholarship money out there. I'm going to give you an example for me. I knew that the the GPA I graduated was a 2.56 in my undergrad program, and that's because I had messed up in my freshman year. So I knew there was no way I was going to get into a doctoral program. So I took a route, took out more money. You see my face? I'm sad about that. But <laughs> I rerouted myself so that not only I could have a stronger application, but so that I could obtain more knowledge. And a lot of people. Play Lonnie, that's do my that. story. 2.75, <laughs> and all the grad schools laughed at me, the doctoral. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get a master's. Get it from Clark Atlanta, raise that GPA, got it to a 3.6, and then I could apply to the schools that I wanted. Yeah, and now I have a 3.4 with three with not just one area of concentration, but two areas of concentration, and it's also blacky, black, black, not black, blackity, blackity, black, black, blackest. Yeah. Stuff. I love when the story has black, a happy ending. Black, black. So, but you can always reroute it. Like you see a lot of students who are trying to get into like law school or they're trying to get into uh, medical school, but they don't want to go ahead and get that master's, but they don't have. Because let me tell you something, as somebody who also graduated 2.75 people doctoral schools uh even working in graduate admissions sometimes they don't care about the actual gpa and this goes to your college athletic recruiters as well too it's your character and who you are as a person because if you are a trash person the schools the scholarship people they are not going to want to give you money ooh, 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 faq know who's writing your recommendation letters because yeah. folk ask folk to write their letters not understanding that the letters are lackluster and a strong letter again speaking for myself who graduated thank you Lottie, for my undergraduate degree <laughs> because i had a bad year it wasn't my freshman year i had fell in love but that's not this podcast <laughs> so <laughs> 
the letters that people write for you will push you over the line if the department is not sure if they want you. But if you have a strong endorsement, students, don't identify professors that you think that you've just done well in their class. Yeah. Ask them how they feel about your character and what they plan to write. Not verbatim. I don't mean be intrusive because it's a confidential thing. But there are people out here writing letters that are purposely bland because they don't intend to endorse the student or because they have another student that they've written a stronger letter for. And again, it goes back to knowing what to ask. Students, know who's writing your letters and know the content of their character when you ask them to write about your character. That's good. Also, writing. Last point. Writing, 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 Somebody I went to school with at Alcorn was thinking about getting into a master athletic training program. They're like, oh, I'm not gonna be able to write. What? All master's programs, that's all you're doing is writing. And that's all you're doing on the doctoral level. So if you have a chance, strengthen your writing when you're an undergrad. Because what do you do when you write grants? What do you do when you apply for fellowships? You're right. What do you do when you apply for jobs? And like I tell my students who talk about how much they hate history, trigger listen. Your whole job, if you're not an entrepreneur, when you work for other people you have to be value added and that's how you get promoted when you because we've all had bosses who are stankity stank stank and you were like how did they get the job because they proved they could make their employers money and that's either writing or funding no matter what the position in if you are the turnkey at Foot Locker retail store how do you become go from turnkey to assistant manager you keep product on the shelves not in your employees back pockets and you keep the money flowing you can't do that without the skill set of communication whether that's writing writing blogging editing editing, proofing. You can't make money without the communication skill set. And I think that's pronounced writing. Yeah. Really and important. the writing sample is the difference between whether you get into your master doctoral level sometimes or not. And funding. And funding. Oh my gosh. Yes. Funding. I've looked great. Like if my writing isn't strong, I look great on paper. But if my writing isn't there, what do you have to write to get that scholarship? Yeah. An essay. Ooh, yeah. The big stuff. All right. be, be able to write in like a thousand words or less because that literally helps you along the way, especially like when you're trying to do articles and they're asking you to do a book review or peer review, it goes up there, but they're trying to get as much done in less words, but articulate yourself all the way through. These are all like, first of all, I just want to say y'all are very informative. Like I've learned so much, like just hearing y'all talk, like I just have to like just stop and just hear the words coming because you know just having a different perspective is important. I'm not like in grad school. I, I'm still like like undergrad, so like just hearing y'all perspective on everything is really it is refreshing. That's the word I'll use. Like just because you don't really hear when you talk about like the other undergrad like people, it's very much the message like the messaging is different. It's very much like a not I, I want to say face value, but it is very much all right. Go and do your best and uh, and all that. Which I think is really important, but it doesn't speak to like the further levels of college you have to go to, whether it's like mass, whether you're trying to get your master's, you're going to grad school, whatever it may be, it's a different perspective that's needed. And I think that that's a really important part um, that y'all did. Because Mr. Brown, a lot of people really do believe that the playing field is level. And if you work super hard, you'll That's not the case. That's not the case. That's not life. And it's not my class. Equity. Equity. So I would love to have y'all back soon, whenever. Just let me know. Like, this has been really informative. I've really enjoyed it a lot. Um, again, 
I am DB. I was joined here by Dr. Harrison today, Ms. Leilani Robinson. It's been an honor, you guys. Make sure to follow the Southern, yeah, Southern Digest, Office of Student Media. That's Southern U underscore OSM and Southern U OSM. That's Instagram and Twitter. Um, until next time, thank y'all very much. Thank you. Thank you. You are watching a master at work. Coming to you live from Over the Hump and On the Bluff with the latest news, sports, entertainment, pop culture, and campus events. This is Jack Talk Podcast, powered by Southern University Office of Student Media.